Hello and welcome to Drafting the Dregs. This is your place for all things EPL, Draft Fantasy. We're back again. There's been highs, there's been lows, there's been negative points scored. There's been all sorts of things happening this week, boys. So uh, we've got Dave, we've got Milk, and we've got Gilby with us. Gentlemen, how are we after game week two? Do we start with Gilby or do we start with Mick? Personally, I'm great. Fantasy (laughs) In a fantasy land, uh, different. Okay. Gilby, anything different? Uh, well, I mean, fantasy land, pretty good in real life. Uh, yeah, the less said about the weekend's fixtures, the better. I'm sure there'll be a lot said about the weekend fixtures. Uh, but Dave, sort of you and I, sort of mid-table mediocrity, how does it feel? I mean, second's a bit better than mid-table mediocrity, right? Second? Yeah. Have you looked at the, the actual third. scores lately? Oh, no, fourth. There we go. Sorry. Oh, whatever. Well, equal, equal, third. equal Equal third. third. Equal third. Oh, my yeah, goodness. All right. all right. Dave does We're lots of prep. A good start. Just so everyone's aware, lots and lots of prep. And lots actually, we're going to start with you, Dave, this evening. You've got a bit of a discussion point for us. Dave's discussion. What 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 have you sort of come up with to chat about to start this podcast? So you, you said you weren't going to reveal it until the actual pod started. So tell us what, yeah. what what's what's in your in what's on your mind? What's on my mind? So uh, there's a bit of a phenomenon, which I'm sure at least one of you, if not all of you, would be familiar with once you know what it is. Now, does the date of August 25th, 2009 mean anything to anyone? I don't think so. So Ted Kennedy, former US politician, died. All right. Cool. Is that it? 2nd of May, 2011. (laughs) Osama bin Laden died. October 5th, 2011, Steve Jobs. October 20, 2011, Muhammad Gaddafi. February 11, 2012, Whitney Houston. I go on and on and on. There's a whole heap of dates and famous people. Paul Walker, Robin Williams, uh, the boxer Rupert Carter, David Bowie, actor Alan Rickman. Um, Who else have we got? Nancy Reagan, US um, motorcycle world champion Nikki Hayden. Uh, James Bond, Roger Moore. Uh, who else have we got? Burt Reynolds. Um, these are all people. Is anyone else nervous have... where Dave's going with this? <laughs> these is are he all turned into a conspiracy theorist? Who Sorry. have died within uh, a couple of days, if not the following day, of Aaron Ramsey scoring a goal. Have you guys heard of the Aaron Ramsey curse? I have indeed. So uh, every Aussie's, you know, favourite um, triple threat, Olivia Newton-John, just passed away on the 8th of August, uh, which just so happened to be the day after uh, Aaron Ramsey scored a goal um, for Nice against uh, Toulouse. So if Aaron Ramsey could just uh, retire immediately, that'd be great. <laughs> Too many good people have passed away through his yep. his boots alone. That's it. The Aaron Ramsey curse is a thing that exists. <laughs> wow. So, I mean, some of them are not so great people, right? Gaddafi, Osama bin Laden. Sure. You know, it's not all terrible National news. treasures. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Wow. The, the I, curse lives on. I, I hadn't, hadn't heard it personally, but... I mean, it totally makes sense. 
yeah, I mean, the only logical explanation is that he is somehow involved in all of this. Well, on that, Dave, something I'm pretty sure close to your heart being a scientist. Um, in my maths class, we actually talked about spurious correlations between data. So that brought up something we were talking about. There is a correlation paper, does not equal causation, which was our point in our lesson, which I'm sure every student in my class is now taking that to heart because I'm sure they're all paying attention and not updating their TikTok feeds. But anyway, um, there is a website, a guy named Tyler Vigen. He has put together spurious correlations. So he's found two things which are not related at all and put them into the data and basically proven that there is a perfect mathematical correlation between two things. So I've seen some of his top ones at the moment. There is a nearly perfect correlation between US spending on science, space and technology and suicides by hanging strangulation and suffocation. Um, my other favorite one we were talking about, um, I'll leave it at this one. This is my kid's favorite one as well. There is a perfect correlation between the number of people who drowned by falling into a pool and films that Nicolas Cage appeared in. So <laughs> that was oh, no. my personal one. Yeah. He's appeared in so many movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there's all sorts of fun ones there. If anyone would like to have a look, if anyone's feeling pretty bored or would like to maybe get to sleep a bit quicker, that'd be Good website to check out if you happen to be in maths class. So what you're saying is Nicolas Cage should take over from Laurie Lawrence as the Shut Your Gate ambassador. No, what I was thinking was <laughs> if Aaron Ramsey if the scores right. the next goal in his career and Nicolas Cage dies, undeniable evidence. <laughs> he saved the world. <laughs> <laughs> we will be hailing Aaron Ramsey. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Oh, come That's on. Con Air is great. <laughs> this has not started the way I expected it to. <laughs> what podcast have we turned into? Well, Dave, that was that was an excellent discussion point. Thank you so much for bringing that to our attention. And Gilby, that they probably your, your students need to have a look at this Aaron Ramsey phenomenon now. I'm sure you can you know mold that into your, your maths class somehow. I look forward yeah, to it. Well, yeah, I mean, I we moulded all sorts of fun things in, like may or may not to do with fantasy, but anyway, that's always another <laughs> side topic. He's got his class working away on who he should pick up next in the free agency. So, you know, hey, hey, that's that's one way to use, you know, a 70-minute lesson. So well done, Gilby. Good, good work. Um, well, I guess it's time to look at moments of the week. I've got a two, and I'll touch on one quickly, and we'll take a little bit longer with the second one, I feel. But the first one, and you probably would have seen... Um, a lovely, uh, it might have been stoppage time. If not, it was very close to stoppage time goal from the QPR goalkeeper who had jumped up uh, into the into the box and uh, scored a brilliant header. Uh, it's always good to see uh, a, a keeper uh, get some good hard-earned fantasy returns. points. Yeah, exactly right. So a quick question. Whoever wants to answer it, please go for it. Um, if we were to pick a keeper currently uh, in the fantasy pool and any of the keepers who potentially would get the best attacking returns for their side. Who, who do we think? Who are we going for? I'm going to go from a personal note here. Allison scored against West Brom to basically knock us out of the Premier League three years ago. Um, so he's not That's not the only group. reason you got um, kicked out I'm of the gonna, Premier League. I'm going to go with uh, Edison. Because I, I reckon out of all of the, the 20 keepers that I can think of, he'd be the best penalty taker. 
and we know the length of his boots, so he's more likely to get an assist. I can recall one of Sergio Aguero's long-range goals where he belted upfield. Um, so I'd go with Edison. Okay. Well, there's six keepers that have scored in the Premier League, and I'm just having a look. All of them seem to be, you'd probably say, of the taller variety. Um, so I'm going to go with Big Nick Pope. Um, pile it up in the last couple of seconds, um, and maybe you can... Uh, get on the end of a header like well I mean famously Peter Schmeichel was the first to score uh, as a Premier League keeper he actually scored a volley um, believe it or not um, but yeah I, I do remember that game but um, but yeah no I'm going to go with Nick Tim Howard score one Tim yeah. Howard scored one that no a one long else range touched because it was blowing a gale yeah and so did Asmir Begovic I'm pretty sure yeah <laughs> that's right well, so I don't I don't have anything intelligent to add to this conversation, so I'm just going to be selfish and say Bazunu because a set piece in stoppage time might be the only way that Southampton get a goal anytime soon. And Isaac, can you just clip that part where Dave said, I don't have anything intelligent to add, and then Dave doesn't (laughs) even need to be here most weeks? Yeah, we'll just sample it, and every now and again we'll just like play it so that people think Dave is here. Um, And... I think most works. would agree with that. Yeah, there we go. I'm not going to lie. I would, I would thoroughly enjoy if we had a soundboard of some of the favorite things that we've said, <laughs> and every now and again we just throw it in there. That'd be great. We'll see. We'll see what we can do. That sounds like a pretty good idea. Or at least, Dave, you can do your Dave's discussion and then just clock out. Yeah. Or if I'm not here, it can be like, oh, it's time for Dave's discussion. Press the button. I have nothing intelligent to add here. <laughs> the end. Uh, that. Hey, it works. Let's see what we can do. It might take a couple of podcasts, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we're all we'll for self-deprecation on here on drafting the dregs. Absolutely. Well, the 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 second one, which I feel we'll spend a, a touch more time on, uh, and poor old Gilby probably knows where this is going to go. But there is a question in this for you, Gilby. Okay, there is a question. It's going to take me maybe a little bit of time to get there, but there is a question in here for you. So. Pretty much all the pundits said that Man United were going to lose this fixture against Brentford, like just about every pundit I heard. They're still surprised that they did, but maybe it's surprising that they were 4-0 down before halftime. Um, having watched parts of the game, uh, pretty much, I think I watched the whole game actually, um, it seemed like United can't press, can't defend a set piece, can't get the ball in the back of the net. Can't They're, play out from the back. Can't play out from the back quite clearly. Central defenders, defensive midfielders can't actually get in the right position to stop any form of transitional attack. Um, so the question, Gilby, is what can United do? Wow. Well timed. It seemed like I've really upset him with that question. I'm sure it's just a little technical issue, but <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> For those who aren't watching, Gilby just all just clocked out for a second. Are you back with us, Gilby? Yeah, I'd like all three of you disappeared for me for some reason. Oh, like well, I could convenient. only see Mick just staring. Just, I could see Mick staring mid- blankly at my screen for a few seconds there. Just just cause Manchester United's midfield disappearing. <laughs> <laughs> did Did you hear but, my question at all, Gilby? I, I heard you just about to start it, basically saying oh, okay. like. Was it something about like, did is there anything we're actually good at? Was that what yeah, you were about? So to talk I, about? I described all the things that they can't yeah, do. Yeah. What mm-hmm. can they do? Please enlighten. Uh, 
make a lot of money and then think they're awesome. That's basically what most okay. of Manchester United's players seem to be doing at the moment. Great. Yeah. I mean, it was a pretty poor display. I think you'll agree, Gilby. Um, we've spoken at length about <laughs> Man United and their woes. Is there anything you can add or not really? It's just this is how it is. We just have to write it out. Yeah, well, I mean, like I actually thought to myself, like I am, um, because I've done a lot of work in like teaching and coaching for a long time. I was like, if I was Ten Hag at half time, uh, what would I have done? What would I have said? Like putting myself in those shoes. And uh, what I came up with is what I would have done is I would have said, I uh, would have walked in. I wouldn't have yelled and screamed or thrown anything, done the Fergie hairdryer treatment. Um, I would have just said, um, that was disgraceful. Um, if I could, I would substitute all 11 of you. Um, I'm not going to show me better than that in the second half and then walked out. I just would have left it at that. And in the end, I mean, you could yell, scream, jump up and down, dance, whatever. Um, unless they're going to get themselves out of this, then there's nothing anyone can do. Uh, can, because... I, can I just slightly counter that, Gilby? I don't disagree that the players were terrible but following on from that performance if i have any um positives to say about man U, it will be this de gea was terrible he insisted on talking to the guy with the microphone after the game apology apologizing for his performance saying it was unacceptable apologizing to the fans, admitting he was at fault and saying it wasn't good enough. He took it on personally. I think that if Maguire was half the captain he thinks he is, he probably shouldn't have let him do that. He should have gone and faced the music himself. On the flip side, Ten Hag did everything he could to absolve himself of any responsibility. He said, I told the players to do this and they didn't. They weren't good enough. It was atrocious. He did not take any responsibility himself. So the contrast between De Gea, who, yes, played terrible, and Ten Hag and how they handled the media after it was just mind-blowing and it cannot do any favours for Ten Hag in the dressing room, I don't think. I think it's got to the point now where I don't think Ten Hag cares, to be honest, of what a fair few of those players think. And I think it's gotten to the point now, if it's not already, that uh, we're more or less just going to be honest with the fact that there's a lot of passengers in that team. And if they're pissed off with Ten Hag and they leave, then good, uh, to be honest. Um, I, I'm not sure if I can really trust our number of those players um, with the amount of effort they put in. There's rumours that, like I saw the numbers afterwards, we ran 13.8 kilometres less than Brentford. And one reporter came out that this wasn't confirmed by anyone else that I could see. But apparently Ten Hag brought them in the next day for an extra fitness session and made them run 13.8 kilometres um, to make up for the kilometres they didn't run against Brentford. Whether or not that's true or not, I don't know. No one else has been able to confirm that one. But yeah, I mean... Whatever the approach is, there's there's a giant mess and it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better because I see we're playing Liverpool this weekend. So that was the straw that broke the camel's back for Solskjaer where we lost 5-0. Um, I mean, if Nunes was playing this week, he, I would be expecting him to score a few. So mm. it's it's going to be 
ugly before it gets better. But if, I mean, as you said, like, um, oh, and speaking of like the people that should have taken responsibility, a lot of people noted that at the end of the game, um, a few people like um, they were asked to go over and acknowledge the visiting supporters. Um, Ronaldo ignored Steve McLaren. Um, the first two people down the tunnel were Maguire and Ronaldo um, to ignore them. So, yeah, the leadership that's supposedly there um, isn't. A lot of people would have thought that the top pick for our captain was De Gea. And, yeah, I mean, he made some bad mistakes and he hasn't been great for the last few years, to be honest. He's been on the downward trend. But, yeah, I mean, I think that showed leadership and I was I did really like that as a man that I supported myself as well. Yeah, it's probably leadership is probably one of the, things that needs to be addressed now because realistically uh, if if you'd say their main two leaders in the dressing room, Maguire, uh, Ronaldo, are doing that, that really isn't good enough, is it? So you'd think that he's going to have to change something like that. The, the big question is, is the team sheet going to change for the Liverpool game? Realistically, like Ken, he, ha- he hasn't got the bodies to make big changes, but is he going to make some form of change? Surely he, he- doesn't play Ericsson as a six. No, can't. <sighs> The issue is against Liverpool. I think the only way, I think, honestly, if we were going to play Liverpool, I don't mind this being now because no one is expecting us to win. And if we score a goal on the break and we play deep and we play with Sancho and Rashford and catch Liverpool in behind or something, great. If we lose 3 or 4 nil, everyone's expecting us to. So, I mean, if they don't come out with some kind of response this week, uh, then it's going to get real ugly real quick. Um, so, I mean, as Dave said, like, uh, as much as well, I don't want to start the problem with the Glazers because we'll be here for a long time, but if um, the, the if Manchester United aren't in the Champions League conversation, at least, by Christmas, then Ten Hag could be in trouble because Glazers have shown that when the Champions League is out, uh, and they're not going to get their maximum money, then any manager's in trouble. Gilby, yeah. you might be in the championship discussion around Christmas, though. And look, if you were to strengthen in, in a few key areas like goalkeepers, defence, midfield, and strikers, then you might be <laughs> a, a good champion. Areas. You might be a good championship side, and you might be mm. back in sixteen odd years or whatever it took Leeds to get back. And w- without going into the topic of the Glazers, I, I haven't fact checked it, but you don't want to ruin a good statistic with fact checks, but apparently across the last 10 years, Manchester United has actually spent the most money. I don't know whether that's a profit start or purely spending, but if that's the case, then I don't know if you can blame them. Yeah, it's it's not it's not just about the amount that they've spent. It's uh, the general approach to it and the way they've spent. Um, is that them or is it the manager then? Well, if you own the club, you're the person that puts the people in place to make those decisions. So not having a director of football for a long time, not having a actual approach as a football club saying this is what we want to do uh, and bringing in managers that you don't trust for the long term and then firing them after the short term. Like it's, it's not a sustainable way of going forward. Like, I mean, even when, uh, I mean, Liverpool brought in Klopp and like Klopp's first season, I think he finished fifth. Um, and they trusted him for the long term. I mean, like, there's been all sorts of managers that weren't good to start. I mean, famously, uh, Fergie was really close to the sack um, really early in his career. I think it was his second season, and if he didn't win a quarter final match in the FA Cup, 
they pretty much said that he was going to go close to getting sacked and they won that match and the rest is history. So, I mean, it's going to take a long-term approach. Ten Hag has shown he's good at bringing through young players. Um, one positive, I suppose, is if they th- some of the good players at Manchester United um, throw the toys out of the pram, then we'll give some of the young players a go and we'll find out if they can actually play or not. Yeah. Well, look, that's the, all the bad news out of the way, Gilby. We, we'll get to all the good news on your end really, really soon when we look at the, the league table. Uh, but it is time to talk waiver wire, if you would. So um, let's have a look at who was picked up this partic- before this game week. Um, and let's hear what Gilby's thoughts are about those particular choosings. Yeah, so being a teacher, I'm going to keep that theme going this year of giving some grades. So this year, I am giving A's, B's, C's, D's, E's, and F's. So with your moves, if your move, if I think it's basically you've traded like for like in terms of quality, uh, then you're going to get a C. Uh, If it's a vast improvement, it'll be an A. A vast downgrade, it'll be an E. If it's what you were smoking, it'll be an F. Um, So we'll go from there. So we start start with Mick was first. You dropped Tierney for Arke. Uh, lots of people are going for Arke. Uh, with the port out injured, um, I think picking up a starting City centre-back is always going to be good. So uh, for me, that's a significant upgrade. I'm going an A for Mick. Um, what were you thinking there, starting City centre-back, Mick? Zinchenko was good. Tierney's not likely to start anytime soon. Um City had a relatively easy fixture, a very clean sheetable fixture, um, which is what they got. And by God, did I need those six points? Yep, yep, definitely agreed with you there. Um, ben was next. This one sounds a lot more horrible now, but at the time I gave a C. He dropped Firmino for Eduard. Um, Firmino is now going to be basically required to be their starting striker for the next three to five weeks. So that could be interesting. He is a bit injured at the moment as well. Um, so I was happy to give that one a C. Whether Edward plays or not at the moment, um, Isaac, do you think Edward is going to be a starting striker long term? Look, it. I honestly don't know. It's been a really odd one because of the preseason, so it's hard to judge. He has had game time in preseason, but that's because their squad's been split. Mateta was definitely the first choice at the end of last year. Um, so it's for me, it's still out of those two. I think it could chop and change at this point in time. Um, so Easy didn't I, I do his don't know. chances any harms. Sorry? Easy didn't do his chances any harms of... No, um, like he was you know, great. against Liverpool. Okay, he's, yeah. he might have been a bit of a makeshift in terms of the front man, but you know, I he, see, he had his I see audition. He's a, I see he's a as more of like a number ten or a second striker rather than your yeah. main striker. Um, but yeah, I mean, as Dave said, like yeah, he was. He yeah, was no, really I, good. I agree. But you know, he had a chance against Liverpool and he took it. So sure, yep. He no. throws his name in the ring. That's it. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I gave Ben a C there. Kind of a like-for-like swap. He probably would like to have held Firmino given the suspension to uh, Darwin. But uh, hindsight's twenty twenty. We can all go back on things we've done before. Uh, Justin was next. He dropped Pulisic for Jorginho. Um, Pulisic is always injured and it doesn't appear to be a favourite of Tuchel, really. But Jorginho is a deep-line playmaker. He's going to score your pens and that'll be about it. I gave him a B because uh, I do think it's a slight upgrade, but 
it's one of those ones where maybe you can probably go a little better. I think that's more of a Chelsea bias from Justin coming in there as well. I think uh, I saw a rumour about Pulisic maybe getting a loan out to a, a different Prem team. I, I don't, can't exactly say where I saw it or who. Oh, okay, I haven't, I haven't um, seen that one at all yet. It, it was only once and in passing, so there's probably nothing to it. But if it happens, Pulisic could be back on the table. Yeah, cool. That could be good. Um, I was next. I dropped Kanate for Ait Nuri. Um, Kanate being injured for a little while, that was always a bit of a lottery pick for me, hoping he might get the Liverpool starting job. Um, Ait Nuri, I really liked his attacking um, statistics for Wolves, and he was going to be really good for me on the weekend again until he conceded a penalty and went from plus five to negative one real quick. But I still like um, Ait Nuri as a good wing back there. Uh, Jeff tried for Ake. Then he settled for dropping Neko Williams for Emerson Royal at Spurs. Um, I gave that a C. Um, and then when I had more of a look at it, I'm not sure that was, I think that, that C may have been generous because Neko Williams, uh, he he's on set pieces great. for Forrest. He's on set pieces for Forrest. And in his last match, he had four goal attempts, which is more than Kane, Son, or Sterling. He had two <laughs> shots in the box. He had nine attempted crosses and two created chances for Forrest. So he had a great match, as Dave just said. Um, like, again, hindsight's twenty twenty. Emerson Royal, I mean, in that system, he plays really attacking if he plays in the long term. Um, I gave it a C. I don't know, Jeff maybe wanting to have that one back. That's a tough one, though. But, yeah, I gave that one a C there. Nate also tried for Emerson Royal, being a Spurs fan, but he's settled for dropping Rodri that I slated him for last week. Maybe he's been listening. Thanks, Nate, for being our one of our listeners there. Um, and he dropped Rodri for Gross, who was our top, one of the top scorers last week. Gave that one a B because I really don't like Rodri in the fantasy game. I think he's a great player in real life, um, but in the fantasy game, not really worth it there. Isaac also tried for Ake but then settled for dropping Diego Carlos for Rico Henry at Brentford. Um, when I was looking at uh, defenders for me, I had Aitnuri just ahead of Henry. So I really liked the move there. I gave you a, I mean, given Diego Carlos' long-term injury, you could maybe make an argument for an A, but I gave you a B for that one. Um, what were you thinking there, Isaac? Attacking wing back that looks pretty good? Yep, good fixtures, uh, all the above. So I just uh, picked him up last year. For a little spell, it did really well for me, so I was happy to go there again. Cool. Uh, Mick was next. Drop Harvey Barnes for Dewsbury Hall. Um, I gave that one a B because uh, Dewsbury Hall looks like he's more going to be less attacking than maybe Harvey Barnes was. But I, ga- I gave you the benefit he's of the doubt. Also less Harvey injured, injured than Harvey yeah. Barnes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Significantly. So I, gave, I gave you the benefit of the doubt there. I gave you a B for that one. Because, um, I mean, as you say, you can't really afford to carry injured players too long. Exhibit A right here. Um, yeah. Did so, you consider yeah. my next trades that didn't go through because I got that one? Yes, I did. Okay, yeah. I'll let you come to that one after then. Yeah, well, I mean, I figured I, there were, I don't know how many uh, rejected trades. So if you oh, want heaps. to explain more of that, then we can. Well, but, yeah. I, I knew I wanted to get rid of Barnes. We spoke about it last week. I was umming and ahhing, um, and I decided, look, I just need uh, options. Um, so I went Barnes for Dewsbury Hall, relatively straight spot while Barnes is injured. I think Dewsbury Hall will play a little bit higher. He may drop a little bit deeper as substitutes happen throughout the game. Um the trades I was looking at were actually two Leeds players, Rodrigo first and Aronson second. Rodrigo came out and scored 15 points on the weekend. He did. So 
And we haven't got to the teams yet, but that would have made a slight difference to my team on the weekend. <laughs> it would have been about great to have had that. Um, so I was this close to having a great round. I think Jewsbury yeah. Hall's got me two. So he didn't like – he got appearance points. It wasn't a one, which is better than most players that did for the weekend. Um, but it well, was, actually, it, um, it was very close at- to being phenomenal. From watching some of the highlights and the matches, um, I'm with you on Rodrigo, but I would have Rodrigo ranked below Aronson. I really like the look of Aronson. Uh, he yep. was on my list this week. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's in somebody's team pretty quick because he's been really, really good. Really looks like he's going to link up well with Bamford in particular. Um, so that looks pretty good to me. So, yep, me and I'm with you there. Uh, I mean, as we've said, hindsight's 2020 there. Uh, Justin with a puzzling one for me. He dropped Ings for more um, from Bournemouth. So I don't know. I mean, like Ings has been really good in the past. May or may not be starting all the time for Villa, but I couldn't really give anything but a D for this one because I think it's a downgrade. Um, I think that Justin will probably want that one back, uh, given that Ings and... um, Watkins started up top together. Um, so it does look like that Ings will at least be a fairly regular player there. And I'm not sure I see more scoring more than Ings, even if Ings doesn't play all the time. Two, so, two things on that. I think, yep. um, firstly, if you look at underlying stats for Ings, or at least the, the uh, fantasy stats, Ings got subbed off in the 65th minute for Watkins. So maybe that was a concern that Watkins would start instead of Ings. And if you look at the bonus point um Bonus points that I think Ings got throughout that first game, he got a total of one. So he must have been completely oblivious in that game and done nothing. So we'll give Craney the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he saw that and said there was just nothing about Ings that I liked. Um, at least more is involved in somewhere in the build-up. Secondly, you said they've been playing two up top. That was, I believe, with Coutinho in behind. Coutinho Hanna has a bit of a niggle. So if they maybe they do a straight swap from Buendia. He plays through the middle. But if they do go back to Leon Bailey... Do does Watkins go onto a wing, or do they go back to one striker and another winger with Buendia, who can also play out on a wing? I think Leon Bailey is much better out wide than in the middle, so I would be thinking they're more likely to go to a four-three-three, similar-ish. And if that system. happens, does Watkins or Ings get the start? Yeah, that's the problem. I think Watkins can possibly play a right wing. Um, but I, I would say if Ings plays, he's the striker. So, I mean, to me, like looking at all that, that would probably increase the value of Ings, um, saying that he's probably going to score more than more. I gave it a D, but, yeah, I mean, as you say, if Cranny, I mean, if, if Moore comes in and actually scores and becomes this season's, um, who's the Norwich striker I had? Pookie. Um, then, yeah, he'll look like a genius. So good luck on that one, Crony. Um, Jeff dropped Elise, uh, your young hopeful that I really, really like, Isaac. Yep. Uh, he dropped him for Jolinton. I said that was kind of a sideways move because Jolinton was a meme for a little bit there for Newcastle, but has dropped into the midfield and is playing much more of a deeper role. Um, fit sideways there. I really like the look of Elise, Isaac. What do you think? Yeah, he got a couple of minutes off the bench this week. So he's getting back to fitness. He will play more this season than he did last. I think at one point he was points per minute, like one of the best in fantasy Premier League last year. So uh, fingers crossed he gets back fit. Uh, If he's fit and playing regularly, he's going to be a good option moving forward. Yeah. 
I thought he would basically take over the Gallagher role if Vieira wanted to play that sort of system again. Um, I think he's more likely to take over the AU role on the left wing and oh, right wing, sorry. And I think maybe Eze might take that Gallagher role from what I understand, from what I've read. Uh, but hey, who knows? It's all up for grabs at this point in time. But I think both of them will be involved. Cool. Okay. Uh, Nate was next. He dropped Semedo for Azpilicueta. Uh, Gabe that want to see Azpilicueta may or may not play, but then again, neither is Semedo. So it's basically a sideways move for me. Um, Jeff was next. He dropped my old mate DCL uh, for Broja. Um, so a guy that doesn't play and is injured for another guy that played one minute on the weekend. So it was a puzzling move for me, but We'll get a little bit later on. In the free agents, we had three. Uh, Justin dropped Alonso, the uh, maybe going to Barcelona Chelsea wingback for Shah. Uh, clear upgrade for me. It was an A because uh, Alonso just isn't playing. So if you've got a defender that's playing and wants not playing, that's an upgrade for me. Uh, also dropped McKenna, the Northern uh, Forest centre-back for Castagne at Leicester. Uh, Leicester obviously playing attacking wing-back system. That's an upgrade for me. I gave you a B there, Cranny. And then Jeff uh, maybe tried to fix his Broja move. Uh, <laughs> he dropped Broja again, Jeff. but then brought in Surridge, um, who also isn't playing for... Did you think it was Sturridge, maybe? Because with the uh, red shirt. Is that is that maybe what, what, what got him? Well, I think Sturridge was last seen in a Perth nightclub somewhere, so I don't know about that one. <laughs> Getting uh, injured on the dance floor. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, to me, Awaniwi looks like he's far more likely to get that start long-term. I know Sturridge was, was good, good. last season he in the championship. The yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, that I couldn't give Jeff anything but a C there because I just thought, well, DCL's injured and not playing, and you brought in two other players who aren't playing as well. I mean, Mick's already talked about last week, I think, uh, that's a lot shallower in the forwards. So he hasn't got a really great pool to select from. But, yeah, that was a tough one. In Jeff's fairness, if he ranked all the forwards by how many minutes were played after round one, Surridge would have been top of the list for those that were still available. Unfortunate yeah, yeah. that he didn't start around two, but at the time he was a starting player. He did get across the 60 minute mark. That's two points, which is equal to what his entire three forwards did in round one. <laughs> yeah, I'm I mean... sorry, but I'm giving Jeff a D because he's gone from a player who's <laughs> injured to a player who would have got him at least one point to now a player who got him zero points. Zero. Yeah. No, D, sorry, Jeff. That's, that's, that's from me. I'm sorry. Isaac's um... given Jeff the D. <laughs> so um moving on um the, <laughs> thank you i thank think you. for jeff he is going to be active each week in the waiver wire for the forwards and if he does pick the right one uh then it could be really good for him if salah does become the main man so he's going to be really active looking for those forwards and maybe looking for transfers um so that could be a really interesting one to watch um just to finish my little section here couple of numbers because i do love my numbers some pretty cool ones uh we have talked i know dave i think brought up so that people were a lot more willing i don't know if it's this season or it's been a trend to have knee-jerk reactions and either immediately think you're wrong and make a change or immediately think you're right and because you had one good week so in the real game uh kane was sold by eight hundred thousand managers in the first week, who transferred to Haaland, and then Kane outscored him by three points this week. And Jesus was sold by 400,000 managers just before his 19-point haul, 
where he was also stopped blocked twice by Ward and missed another big chance for a hat-trick. So he was the highest scoring uh, player this week. So some knee-jerk reactions there that did not pay off. And the other really cool one, uh, Erling Haaland had fewer touches of the ball this week than Foden had FPL points. So Foden scored nine points. Haaland touched the ball eight times for City this round. So there's been lots of theories on the system, the defensive system in the EPL, how they can get him involved, what his role is. But yeah, I just thought that was pretty interesting that you could have eight touches as a City striker. I did I did see that stat as well. And I think we, we spoke a lot last year about Lukaku, who at one game had seven. I'm pretty sure out of his seven, though, three were kickoffs. So maybe that's why it was even more skewed. <laughs> um, but on the whole knee-jerk reactions, I saw a tweet out that basically showed, in the more so in the official game, but if you chose Haaland over Kane um, at the start of the season across two rounds, you got an eight-point benefit. If you chose Luis Diaz over an Andy Robertson, it was an eight-point benefit. Martinelli over Saka, straight two wingers for Arsenal, eight-point difference. Reese James over Perisic, a nine-point difference. And Kieran Trippier over Matty Cash, so both right-backs, an 11-point difference. So almost like for like across the board, except for Diaz and Robertson, if you chose the first names, you were 44 points better off than if you chose the second names. So it's one of those it, – it's not been – necessarily the most straightforward rounds to pick um but it's one of those that you can have a really good team you could have made probably technically the correct call and be 44 points behind the people that made what turned out to be the correct call now i'm really holding to that at the moment because i need some <laughs> silver linings well, I think that's a beautiful segue to maybe start looking at the league ladder. So that's what we'll do, gentlemen. I'll put it up on the screen here for everyone to have a look at. Please do the same. Um, so if we look at the the bottom of the table at this point in time, we have Mick in ninth place, 46 points. Uh, we've got Craney next. We've got Ben, Nathan, myself, Dave in equal third with Jeff on 88 points total. We've got uh, Daniel who's had another crack of around 94 points. And then on top, we've got Michael. Got Gilby. How you do, how are you feeling up there, Gilby? Pretty pretty happy with that round? Must be, must be pretty happy with that round, really. Oh, I mean, as I said to Jeff Messenger during the week and said, oh, good round for you, mate. I'm like, well, I, was, I think I was better off last season after the first couple of weeks. I think I had a bigger lead <laughs> and yeah. it did not end well. So, I mean, as I said to Jeff, like, I'm just going to – focus on having fun with mates this season and not taking this game or myself too seriously. Um, yeah. And if I win, then great. If I finish last, then it's still fun. I, I really don't think the table's that dissimilar to the same point last year's season. Like, it's very similar. I think myself, Ben and Nathan were kind of the bottom three at the time. Gilby was at the top. Uh, yes, through the middle, yeah, there might be a few little changes, but it's really not that dissimilar. Yeah. What I was saying to Dave before we, we, we sort of got – onto the podcast was, you know, this is the time of year where everything just goes up and down. It's a big roller coaster ride, a lot of changes really quickly. Um, so, you know, one week you could be absolutely nowhere. The next you could be right up toward the top. So it's going to be interesting to see to ride the waves for a few weeks and sort of see where we come to. But uh, Mick, that does mean we need to have discuss your team, if you would. Um, I'm going to throw over to you for this one. Let's have a look at your team. 22 points. Where I think I was going to say, where did it all go wrong? But it sort of seemed like it went wrong well, everywhere. I'll tell you where the 22 <laughs> points came from. So I had Rodak in goal for six. I had Jansen for six, Connor Cody for two, and Oaniyi for eight. 
Um, so there's my 22 points. Unfortunately, those four guys were all on my bench. Oh, by God. Um, so there's 22. So my four players on the bench actually equaled the same as my 11 players out starting. Impressive. It was basically Ake got six. Oh, no, that's it. That, that's the entire thing. Um, <laughs> no one else got more than two. So hey, Mitch Rich yeah. missing a penalty didn't help. I see a TAA with three. Oh, sorry. Yeah, oh, Neto. TAA got three. Uh, and then, yeah, Neto got I three. I think you really have to praise the, like, praise those players. Come on, mate. <laughs> and Mitrovic got a lovely negative one. So, And you didn't play him last yeah. week, did you? Oh, how nah. good. <laughs> I know. I've, I've got a total of negative one, and he's on 14 points for two rounds. It's Oh, no. Yeah, and I played Awani last week, and he played this week, gets eight, and I got him last week for one. So I've been really good so far. That is mighty impressive. Um, I don't think I mean, there's much else having, to say there. <laughs> there's really not. Having Cody on the bench wasn't the worst move. Silver linings and all that. He only scored two. Would I have improved my team by swapping him out for, I guess, for Sancho Mitrovic. Bailey or Mitrovic? Yeah. Yeah, three, yeah, three point swing. Like, if it was him instead of Mitro, surely three points. <laughs> well, hey, uh, lots to ponder for next week. Uh, but you do get the first pick in the free agency this week. So congratulations, Mick. Congratulations. Hopefully, more trade transfers go through, and I can pick up a gun. That's what I was hoping for last week. Very, very good. Well, let's have a bit of a chat about our next manager. I'm going to throw this one over to Dave. Dave, we need to look at Craney. Uh, and how he went. Now, only 19 points. So I think that was the worst out of anyone this particular game week. Uh, where's the good? Where's the bad? Is there good? All right. Um, no. Okay. Where's the good? All right. Where's the good? I mean, Shah got five. Good. Mendy, you know, there's been question marks around Chelsea's defense. Um, very attacking, but actually in defence, where are they at? Where are they at? Who knows? But you know, you'd expect Mendy to pick up a few clean sheets here and there. Uh, similarly, you know, Liverpool haven't had the greatest start to the season, but Van Dijk's going to score you points sooner or later. Uh, and my uh, legend from last year, Son, has actually looked a bit lost. He is not looking like he should have been a first round pick at the moment um, a lot of Tottenham players being brought in they're looking very attacking and that appears to be taking points away from Son but at some point he's going to haul so you ask me for where the positives are for Craney he's got a few good players scattered in there that will at some point get him a return yeah. The other good point is he has second pick of the waiver wire. <laughs> so make use of it, Craney. Having a look at his uh, tra- transfers this week, he did pick up two points by getting Jorginho. He lost four points by getting rid of Ings. He uh, picked up five points with Shah, and he lost six points getting Castagne. So I think he actually had a negative loss with his transfers, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, each to their own. There's no right or wrong way to play this game. Um Oh, there's a wrong way. That's holding on to DCL for 30-odd injured weeks. But There it is. Um, Castagne, <laughs> I don't know. Personally, I'm, I mean, I've got Tielemans, but I'm really wary of Leicester players this year. Um, bringing one in is potentially fraught with danger, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I think from 
and before we move on, I think it's the last thing probably to give Cranny a bit of advice. Like uh, one week's worth of data in terms of looking at scores can be a little bit misleading at times. So I, I feel like with his trades, he was very much seduced by, oh, these players got a lot of points. And that can be a good thing to do as long as you know if those players are going to continue getting those good points. And uh, Jorginho, for example, probably not. Um, Castagne could, but Leicester aren't looking great. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes with his next lot of, of transfers. So it'll he be, was it'll a be little bit unlucky. He was a little bit unlucky, though. Ben Rama hit the post. Um, I saw yep. West Ham hit the post um, twice. Ben Rama was one of those that hit the post. So, I mean, that could have easily become an eight, maybe, uh, for Ben Rama, or a six, seven, or eight. So, yeah, I mean, it could have been better. Um, a few of his players there... I think there's there's enough there you can build around, and he just needs to either be lucky or be good with the transactions, or hopefully both. Yep. Well, Gilby, how about you run us through Ben's uh, week now? Thirty six points, not too bad. Um, there's definitely a lot of scores below that. So, and and I got to say, Cancelo is starting to look like a first round draft pick. So let's run through that team, please, Gilby. Yeah, no, I think Cancelo is always a first-round draft pick. It probably was remiss of me in the review of last season to not highlight um, that Nate's pick of Cancelo in the third round, I think it was, was one of the most important of the whole season. Uh, He had the courage to take the first defender, and yeah, I mean, it paid off big for him. So Cancelo, more of the same. I think from having a look at some of the heat maps compared to last season, he's playing a bit wider and a bit higher rather than doing more of the underlaps. So Playing, playing a little bit of a varied uh, role with Haaland in this season. But, yeah, I mean, it's been really good. Um, I mean, obviously, the main low light there would be the negative one for Maguire at the back. But uh, I'm not sure if it's worth punting him yet because I think Ten Hag's kind of painted himself into a corner there and he's kind of said that he's a captain he's going to play. So if you believe that Manchester United are going to be better... We can only be better, surely, I hope. Um, then maybe it's worth hanging on to him. I don't know. But, I mean, as you look at that team, it's pretty solid. We've got Cancelo, Walker, Peters, Sterling. Um, we're all good points. And Buemo as well actually scored. And it would have been a little bit of a painful one to see Henderson with 14 points in his bench. But, I mean, I think we all would have probably picked Allison um, ahead of Henderson in that match. So, can't blame him for that one. And, yeah, I mean, he's looking pretty solid there, really. I can't see really too many obvious holes. I'm not a big fan of Thiago Silva. Um, That would be one I would look at if I was Ben. Um, But other than that, yeah, I mean, he's looking pretty good. And Sterling was typically Sterling. He scored five points, so he got the return. But it could have been so much more. Yeah, absolutely. A few wasted chances there or wasted half chances at least. Hopefully, Ben, that'll be the case moving forward over the next few game weeks. So... It's now time to have a look at last year's winner, Nathan. Uh, 22 points this round, which uh, obviously he is probably a little bit unhappy with. Um, I know obviously Mick was very unhappy with 22 points. So I'm sure I'm sure that uh, Nathan was. So let's have a look at his 22 points. Uh, we've got uh, a few injury issues there. So Matip, Coutinho look like they're going to be out for a bit of time. Thank you, Dave. Uh, we have. Uh, exactly right. Exactly right. Um, Martinelli was a shining light for him with eight points, um, but that was really all there was to write home about. Um, Mount hasn't really fired yet. Vardy hasn't fired yet. Welbeck's looked good, but hasn't didn't score this particular game week. Gross, he brought in, got uh, an extra point there. 
above it, just appearance. So, you know, he's got a solid midfield, absolutely. It'll be interesting to see what he does now with Coutinho potentially out. Uh, looking at his bench, though, he's got issues too with Laporte and Ricardo. I'm surprised he didn't get rid of Ricardo because uh, he should hopefully know that uh, he is out long term. Laporte, I can understand why you'd hold on to him. I'm assuming he's going to have to play Johnson next week, um, but it'll depend what he decides to do in the waiver wire. So 22 points, he's probably a bit upset with that. I'm sure he'll look to bounce back, uh, but a few things, a few trades to be made, I, I think, with Nathan. I don't know if Gilby's seen this one yet, but I did see earlier today there are rumours that Man U are chasing Jamie Vardy, and we have spoke last week about the fact that Leicester... Uh, appear to be chasing cash. And look, if you can ship out a guy that's probably nearing the end of his contract and career and get decent cash by a desperate man you, that would probably be a good move by Leicester, despite the fact that Vardy's still great. Um, do you see that one as a possibility, Gilby? Anything's a possibility with Manchester United at the moment. Um, <laughs> like, who knows? I mean... Uh, it would depend on the amount of money we were going to pay him, to be honest, and it would depend on how, what the discussion has been behind the scenes with Ronaldo and Ten Hag or Ronaldo's agent and Ten Hag or however that's happening at the moment. So, I mean, you would have to think that if that did get closer to happening, that Ronaldo is gone because not both of those do not fit in the same team. Um, and... I mean, if Vardy did come in, then he would be our starting striker in that case. So maybe. I think Leicester, depending on the amount of money that's offered, wouldn't be the worst move. They've been planning for this for a while with Ahe Nacho and Darker being brought in. So it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. It would be a surprise. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've heard us link with worse players. So yeah, why not? Very good. Well, it's now time to look at our fifth place, which is my team. So, boys, I'll run through this one as well. Feel free to chime in, though. But uh, we'll have a quick look at my team. 25 points. Pretty disappointed overall. Defenders didn't do anything. Martinez, uh, he's a goner this week. He's going to be on the chopping block most definitely. Uh, the shining light there really is the forwards with uh, Tony, who's looked really, really good. Harland got an assist with his eight touches. Um, so, you know, not ideal. I think that the big talking point for me and probably my lesson, my big lesson learnt this week is that when you bring a player in and you're bringing them in for a reason, make sure you start them because uh, Henry was on my bench with six points, which was a bit of a shame. And Dunk also on my bench with seven points. Those two would have made a bit of a difference. So, you know, a bit of a shame, but all is not lost. Um, and we'll make a few changes and we'll We'll go again next time around. Are you disappointed you only got nine points across your five midfielders considering they were rounds two, three, four, five, and six, especially considering everyone except Bernardo started and got at least 84 minutes? Mm. Of course. How can you not be disappointed? But at the end of the day, it's... Uh, you got well, I realise it that. happens. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, across those, you'd expect one kind of attacking return yeah, normally. Yeah, you would. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, it was it was surprising I wouldn't say I'd be disappointed because I know it happens. Um, and, it, you know, Gilby is most definitely the opposite to this with his, his midfield this week. So, you know, he's going to be a good example of that. But he will, Gilby will also have a week where his midfield just don't fire. Um, yeah. It happens. So hopefully this is just that one week and we'll see what happens um, next week. Are you still willing to hold Bernardo for the, like, are you looking at him long term? At this point in time, yes. Still happy to hold for a little bit longer. Um 
I read the rumors about Barcelona. I don't think it will happen. I think they'll be too skinny in terms of their depth if they let him go. And I know he probably hasn't played a lot preseason, so I'm just wondering if maybe they're building his fitness slowly and eventually he'll get a run at some point in the not too distant future. We'll see. Um, you know, and then there could be injuries as well, which then bring him in. So yeah, we'll wait and see. But uh happy to hold and we'll we'll go from there. Dave. Yes. Dave, 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 Dave. Forty five points. Yeah. Not too pretty, bad. Pretty reasonably satisfied. I mean So go through it. Go through it for us. Uh, James got me a return, which, you know, I selected him knowing that he was incredibly attacking and, um, scored a goal, got a bonus, which was great. Um, where else have I got points? Fabianski, uh, pulled off five saves. So he got me three. Um, I wasn't certain he was going to play, but being a goalkeeper, there was no real risk of him getting subbed off after 58 minutes True. barring a further injury. So I figured if he was beyond his injury, he'd play the full game. Um, otherwise, if not, I would have subbed in Bazunu. So there was no real risk there. Uh, Lingardinho got an assist and a clean sheet hey. and passed the eye test, which he was one that, you know, if I was looking at switching players around, he was probably one on the uh, chopping block. And I've already mentioned my thoughts around Tielemans. Uh, I am seriously considering getting rid of him, uh, but I will have to wait and see. There are very strong rumours linking him with Arsenal. Now, some of those rumours suggest that he's being brought in as you know backup for the European campaign and may not actually play full EPL minutes. Uh, and a lot of that depends on what Xhaka does. With he's so much better than Xhaka, though. He's so much I better would than love, him. I would love Manchester United being linked for him, and I would love um, Manchester United to take him. Yep. But why would he leave Leicester for Man U? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Tielemans for me is a wait and see. Um, I rate him as a player, but it's just whether or not he's going to get played um, the way we need him to for fantasy. Yep. Uh, St. Maximin did nothing but will at times. Odegaard did nothing despite Arsenal scoring four goals. But again, he will at times. Both of these players passing the eye test. Uh, Jensen with a massive haul, um, goal, assist, clean sheet, three bonus. That was definitely unexpected in terms of the size of the haul. Um, I know Gilby definitely didn't expect it when he said that I don't have any players in my team who will score more than 10 points on any given game week. Wow. So thanks he for that, remembered. Gilby. Um, that was probably that me to say, say that. that. No, I think well, that would be me. I'm pretty sure I'm the one who's in the Because, I mean, like James, Kane, Darwin, Cresswell had five big chances well, this week, so that wasn't me. And I know I was pissed on draft night when you picked Jensen because yeah. I rate him, so... Well, you you didn't give me a great rating when we did our teams. I remember that much. Anyway. Hang on. I gave you an A. You gave you an A. I, you, <laughs> I said Again, you drafted the best I'm team. I'm pretty sure that was me, Dave. Oh, maybe <laughs> I gave you an A minus. Gilby gave you an A. Mick was the one who was slating you. And you don't have to worry about Mick this season. All right. I'll take it all back, Gilby. <laughs> I'll continue to slag out on Mick then. I apologize. Um, 
Kane managed to somehow claim uh, James's own goal, so I'll take that on two counts. Um, and yeah, unfortunately, Darwin obviously saw red in more than one way, uh, but he will not be getting shipped out. I'll just have to ride that wave. Um, fortunately, Botman got full minutes, and I said last week that I expected him to be a slow burn getting up to speed and getting game time. That appears to have happened. Perisic looked great for all of the 11 minutes that he was in, and I'm confident that he will get more minutes. Uh, although Son was off the field, Perisic was taking corners, so he's on set pieces to some degree. Um, looked very attacking, uh, so that's a good one there. And similarly, uh, Skamaka came on for 20 minutes, and there's a lot of talk within West Ham circles that, they can't understand why he is not starting ahead of Antonio already. Um, and they seem confident that he will be very shortly. So I'm extremely comfortable with uh, the large majority of my team. Like I said, it's a bit of a wait and see on Tielemans. But I may not be active in the waiver wire again this week. We'll wait and see. Very nice. Well, with a... A score like that, there's no real reason. You're sitting pretty well at this point in time. So well done, Dave. Uh, I guess it's time to look at Jeff, who's on equal third with you. So 44 points this game week. If we have a quick look at Jeff, I'll run through that one really quickly. Uh, we've got Koulibaly and Trippier with seven points apiece. Edison with six. Zahar and Foden in midfield um, with really good hauls, nine and seven. He would be disappointed that Salah didn't get a, a bit of a haul against Crystal Palace. That would have really boosted his midfield as well. Um, and we've already spoken about Surridge, um, who he obviously obviously mistook, mistook for Sturridge, um, getting zero points. Um, nothing much to write home about on the bench. Sanchez got six as well, but that wouldn't have changed with Edison. Um, he's holding on to Diego Jota for dear life, doesn't want to let him go. Uh, and Smith Rowe and Enkedia not really getting minutes. So uh, possibility that he might want to change things up there potentially and might get active in that way, Boar again. He's got a good yeah. solid team at this point in time, but we'll have to wait and see. Ings and Firmino are up for grabs. Whether or not they'll fall as far as him remains to be seen. Surely he'd go for Firmino over Ings, wouldn't he? That, oh, that's yeah. just what Every Jeff day does. That's what he does, yeah. Well, then what are you going to do? Because he's got Jota. So is he going to play both Liverpool strikers and bat guarantee one won't play to get the guarantee of the other? Well, I think Jeff maybe. would, and I think Jeff is going to have maybe probably 10 strikers lined up on his screen because he's pretty famous for lining up five different backups for his choices. So I'm sure his screen will be full this week if I know Jeff. It's going to take Gilby like 24 minutes just to get through Jeff's actual trade. So thank you, Jeff, for doing that. Gilby appreciates it. Absolutely. Let's jump into second place with Dan. Now, we said that Dan last week had a bit of a nosebleed. It's even more so at this point in time. He is doing great guns. 52 points this game week. Mick, did you want to have a quick run through of Dan's team? Uh, sure, Ken. Um, picking out the highlights, I mean, Jesus with 19. Pretty That'll good. That'll do it. That'll do um, it. Jose Sar on the bench for another 15. Luis Diaz, he played for nine. Um, outside good goal, that, by the had, way. I haven't actually seen it yet, but I've heard it was oh, pretty pretty good. Great call. Um, Diaz and Walker, two Man City assets, both with six. Uh, Mares got the bonus clean sheet as well. 
Um, Harrison got four, I'm assuming, for an assist. Yeah, an assist with a yellow card. Unfortunately, he did get a negative one for Saliba and zero for Diego Dalot. Um, and then one for Rashford and two for Pedense. But when you get a 19 and a nine in, I would say overall, a very low scoring round for fantasy wise. Um, you'd be taking 52 every day of the week. And if he had have played uh, Jose Sarr as well, it would have been another 12 points on top, um, which I dare say would have got him a pretty comfortable outright first. They would have tied for first, which I guess you'd get onto now. Absolutely. And I've got to say, he had Cucurella on the bench as well for four, who played really, really well, was a unfortunate uh, recipient of a, a sneaky little hair pull from Romeo. But... Um, you look at that back line that he's There wasn't much together. sneaky about it, Isaac. Oh, there sorry. Wasn't much sneaky well, about it. it was sneaky enough for VRA, uh, yeah, VRA and the uh, referee not to actually acknowledge that anything actually happened. So, you know. Mental. Mental. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm sure Jeff was just, you know, giving it all of his VR, VAR rage. VAR, sorry. Yeah. Was he pulling oh, his hair out? Is that where you were going, Dave? Yeah, yeah. Something like that. <laughs> Uh, the point I was trying to get to, gentlemen, was that you look at his back line, Diaz, Salabo, who's been excellent yep. with a minus one, but that was an own goal. Uh, Walker and Cucurello, if he starts more often, like that's a decent back line. And we know that, you know, defenders last year were, were, were at a premium. They did really, really well. So he's he's building something here. He could be in a, in a looking at a good run moving forward. Man City have just announced a new Spanish left back um, this afternoon. Yeah, I saw that, Mick. I think the plan is long term, and they're probably going to loan him out. You you expect him to get loaned out straight away? Uh, that's the rumours that I was reading yesterday when it was first being thrown around that it was close. Well, it, they've announced it, so it's on the it's official now. Um, yeah. But it'll be interesting to see because that now gives them the ability to move Cancelo back to the right if he plays it left at all. So potentially, like Cucurella, there may be a little bit of a dropped value in that already. Potentially. The guy is a left back, but yeah, I think um, from what I was reading, and it was coming from Man City-style sources from memory, um, that yeah, the plan is to loan him out immediately. It's a four-year contract. I think he's signed um, long-term project. Even though he's already 21, so it's not like he's super young, but yeah. I guess in defensive circles, 21's youngish. There we go. Well, this is the moment you've been waiting for, Gilby. On top, 64 points this game week. On top of the, the ladder overall, 105 points. Really good haul. Team's looking really, really nice at this point in time. How about you please run us through your team for this game week? Nick Pope. Yeah, no. <laughs> Did you guys yep. see that? The Nick Pope tweet? Yeah, I Nick heard Pope about it. Comes, comes out with 10 points and goes on Twitter and writes Nick Pope. And that was it. And then it became yeah. its own little self-fulfilling prophecy meme. It was great. Well, if you're a FIFA gamer at all, then you'd know Nick Pope is a hero in FIFA as well, mainly because he's just big and he can stop a lot of shots. But anyway, that's a whole other story. But yeah, this week, um, really, really happy. Four players with 10 plus. So yeah, I mean, doesn't really get too much better than that most weeks. So De Bruyne, Gundogan, Watkins and Pope, all double figures. Uh, good support from Madison Knight-Nuri. Um could have also had six more points with Digne, uh, who conceded an own goal in the last five minutes, uh, replacing a shutout with a negative one. So that stung a little bit. Um, 
Yeah, the only one I'm not too happy with is Doherty and Shilwell. Um, Shilwell with Cucurella come in, uh, has turned my fur, what did I take him, third, fourth round premium defender into less valuable. Come back from an injury though, so I'm happy to hold that one. But yeah, I mean, I'm really, really happy. But I keep bringing myself back to one of my sayings I say to my students all the time. Uh, things are never as good or as bad as they seem. So in a great week, you get way too much credit. In a bad week, you get way too much crap. Uh, the truth is somewhere in between. So, I mean, we all know that I'm not going to be able to continue having rounds like this. And we all know that Mick will never continue to have rounds like that. It's going to be somewhere in the middle. And in the end, it's going to be fun. Absolutely. Well, well. still, I think it's worthwhile celebrating the success while it's there, Gilby. So, well done on top at this point in time. And uh, let's wait and see what happens in the in the game weeks to come. Last in the waiver this week, Gilby, um, you're going to be dipping your toe in a little bit, maybe getting rid of Chilwell and, and Doherty because they didn't play? Uh, Chilwell, definitely not. He's staying for a while. <laughs> um, Doherty is a tough one. Um, he is He was a little bit of a Conte favourite. Um, so I'm willing to maybe hold a bit. As we've always said, the main thing for me is is Ronaldo there September the 1st? Uh, if he is, my team looks very different. Uh, if he isn't, then it's going to be pretty hard to handle um, because the forward pool is pretty shallow and I'd be hoping for some transfers and a bit of luck to fall to me there. But um, yeah, I mean, at the moment, I'm really happy that it could change real quick. As it always does this time of year. So let's wait and see. Well, boys, it is that time to have a look at the next set of fixtures. So we'll run through those really, really quickly. And then as always, let's please each of us give one game that we think we're very interested in for whatever reason you want. Could be fantasy points. It could be just general interest or it could just be it's going to be a cracker of a game. So here are the game week three fixtures. We've got Spurs versus Wolves kicking us off. Then we have Crystal Palace versus Aston Villa, Everton v Forest, Fulham versus Brentford, Leicester versus Southampton, Bournemouth v Arsenal, Leeds v Chelsea, West Ham versus Brighton, and then Newcastle versus Man City and Manchester United versus Liverpool to round out the game week. Uh, Gilby, where do your eyes? where are your eyes drawn? What's the game for you this week? Well, I think it's a pretty obvious one for me. Uh, there'll be protests, there'll be drama, there'll be, I don't know, mass sackings. Uh, who knows? Uh, Manchester United host Liverpool at probably our worst point in a long time. So I think most people will be pretty interested in that uh, event match. I don't know if you call it a match at this point, event I'll go with. Um, and... Yeah, we'll go from there. The other one, obvious one, I hope I'm not taking anyone's thunder here, but the Oil Derby, uh, Newcastle and the City, um, that was always going to be an interesting one. So, yeah, I mean, either way, it's going to be a fun Tuesday morning for the newspapers and the online uh, world, and, yeah, it's going to be fun. The Oil Derby sounds like a good time. Dave, how about yourself, mate? Where are you looking? Uh, I also have two, Gilby. Um, so again, hopefully I'm not just leaving Isaac and Mick with the absolute dregs. Um, I think not. I'm going Fulham-Brentford. Brentford, I mean, they were my fairy tale team, especially in the first half of last season. And they're doing it again this season. They're playing really good. They're just a really likable team. They're fun to watch. 
and they could I mean it's Fulham so it might not be four goals but they could get a few more goals uh, this week as well uh, the other one I'm interested in is Bournemouth Arsenal um, Arsenal are absolutely flying yes they conceded a couple against uh, Leicester but um, I think although it's an away fixture I think you know Jesus is Jesus has hit his straps they're playing really well um, I can see that being a scary scoreline for Bournemouth absolutely Mick we, we, we haven't got too many to go what, what are you picking well should I say I take two as well um, go for it why not <laughs> I'm looking at and probably for different reasons so Everton Nottingham Forest um Everton have lost two I think relatively close score lines but I think that's flattering them um I don't really don't think they're very good Lampard quite simply I don't think is a very good manager um I think this is a chance for Nottingham Forest to really step in and I guess not solidify their place but Three points at this part of the season really helps, particularly against a team like that. It, it, at the end of the season, you could look back at that as a six-pointer. Um, so I think they that have be a massive one. They have to. Sorry to cut in here, Mick, but uh, how much money have they spent? They're going yeah. full leads. If they get yeah. relegated, there are a lot of clauses in the contracts, I'm led to believe, where players are either going to um, be released or significantly have their wages dropped. But the amount of money they're spending, they've had some like fourteen signings, and, and there's more but to come. Apparently, they also had a whole heap of players on loan last season as well, so they had to restock players. Maybe not fourteen, but they would have been in trouble if they didn't at least get a good bundle of new faces in. So it does, that, doesn't, yeah, this is like the kind of game that they need to be yeah. they need to be winning yeah. um, to avoid not only relegation. But years and years and years where they've just come from. Yeah. So that was one. Um, and then the second game I was looking at is uh, Leeds Chelsea. Um, Chelsea haven't been bad, but Leeds have actually been a lot better than they were at the end of last season, particularly attacking wise. So it'd be interesting to see with the the, the wing back formation. Um, be interesting to see what Thomas Tuchel does with Reese James, whether he goes back out to the wing back or whether he sits as that right centre back again. I would assume as Poliquetti goes back to right centre-back, James goes back out on the wing-back and he doesn't play Loftus-Cheek. Um, goes a little bit more attacking. I don't think he needs the, the pace. I think it was more of a, a coverage for Hudman Son as that left winger. He wanted James to sit that bit more defensive and have the pace to potentially cover him. Um, so I think that that could have goals in it, that game there. No, decent shout. Look, I haven't been left with much, boys. And you could say, yeah, you've got Palace Villa. I'm going to be interested in that game no matter what. But the one that stands out for the rest for me would have to be, and you might giggle a little bit, Leicester-Southampton. I think it's actually a big game for both of those clubs in that Southampton looked pretty terrible. They did manage to draw last game uh, coming back from 2-0 down. Leicester have lost leads. Uh, over the course of the last couple of games as well. So it, it, things aren't looking good for either of those teams at the moment. Uh, I'm just interested to see if one of those two teams can actually get out of the rut that they seem to have been at the moment. So for me, that's a, that'll be an interesting game. I can't say it would be a quality game, but an interesting game nonetheless. So, uh, just before yeah, we go on, Isaac, yeah. um, I've just found those numbers that I was talking about now for our 
however many international listers that we may or may not have. These are in <laughs> Australian dollar uh, terms. Um, Nottingham Forest, uh, keeping in mind they signed Jesse Lingard on a free. They've spent $176 million Aussie on 16 new signings. The entirety of La Liga, excluding Real Madrid and Barcelona, has spent $6.8 million. Wow. Yep. (laughs) Maybe they should have, maybe they should have, um, bought those players in Canadian dollars to save a bit of money. Yeah, well, if you know yeah, dodgeball, you understand that quote. Uh, <laughs> it's a bold strategy, Carton. So bold. Well, look, it's backed by popular demand. And I must say, I've uh, over the last couple of game uh, podcasts, I've received plenty of um, hate mail, um, mostly from Dave's mum. It's been quite explicit, Dave. Uh, explicit, Dave, I must say. I mean, can you ask them just to rein it in a little bit for me? Uh, it, it's deeply troubling, but uh, basically requesting that um, Mix Financial Advice section, aka Mix Multi, comes back. So here it is, by popular demand. Now, Mick, you've been working away tirelessly to give our listener slash ers the best chance of making some money back this season. Where have you gone to this particular week? So we didn't do one last week or the week before. Um, I did say last week the match I was looking forward to was Palace-Liverpool. I feel like, unfortunately, I've missed my chance to actually have a winner this year. I feel like it would have been last week. Um, But nonetheless, I've come up with something. We've got... So I don't know if this is in order of games. It looks like it will be. So I've got Jamie Vardy to score any time against Southampton. Um, Like you said, Southampton haven't necessarily looked that good. Vardy's paid $1.88. He's that type of player who will do that. So him to score any time. I've got Crystal Palace to beat Aston Villa. Um, they're paying two dollars forty-five. Villa hasn't been Not that great, and oh. Palace have been really good. So I was kind of surprised at that value there. Um, so that one's just a straight win there. I've got and I'll go slightly out of order here. Man City to beat Newcastle dollar thirty-three. That was just to get to that forty-dollar mark that I'm looking at. The one where the value comes in. He's a league legend for us. He screwed me over last year, got lots of ridicule. Ridicule. They play on the same team. I picked one of them as the first goal scorer this week, Raheem the Dream Sterling. So Raheem to score first against Chelsea, uh, Man City to beat Newcastle, Palace to beat Villa, and Vardy to score any time, $41. That's where my dollar's going this week. So it's a four-leg multi. So this one's actually going to be able to stand up properly. Well, theoretically. I mean, if it was a tripod, you'd only need three, wouldn't you? Well, you could argue that, but hey. I, uh, cool. We could Hold argue up. you have two legs. But what, what's it, it easy? <laughs> and a one much leg. More, <laughs> much more easily remember, memory, remembered. Hmm. So True. it's it's not True. 12 where there's multiple things happening. So relatively straightforward. As soon as you see Raheem doesn't score, doesn't play, you know it's out. Don't worry about it. Hey, thank you so much. Our our listeners will be very, very, very pleased that we've stuck with this segment. So thank you, Mick. We appreciate all the effort you go to and uh, hopefully we'll get that return this this uh, particular year. Boys, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure as always. Um, I hope that uh, the wave wire goes smoothly for you all and you get the picks you want. But until next week, boys, enjoy. Have fun. Thanks, Isaac. Take care. Have a good one, boys. Yep. Lovely. Thank you.